0: the Dead Source, your source for Full Metal
1: Jackets. My name's Nathan, your least armed host. My name's Andy, your most bushed host.
2: And I'm Pat, your semi-automatic host. And uh we we have a very special topic for today. But first, how are you guys doing? Uh, do
0: you think anybody was able to guess? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I had uh, my uh trek out to the store again today. It's always a harrowing experience. Word.
1: I, I've been working. A lot of people are not really taking things terribly seriously. There's a lot of people at my job who don't wear a mask unless they absolutely have to. They'll wear it under their yeah. nose or just <laughs> on their chin. <laughs> Why have it at all then? Like, it's my goodness. It's it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a
2: flu, bro. It's just a flu.
1: They're like, well, it's so uncomfortable to breathe. You know, uh, you know what else is uncomfortable? I, Dying. I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, you know, h- hospital beds. And here's the thing: the only people who are bo- who who are coming out because they need cars right now are not. There's a lot of older people coming out right now, so it's it's literally like the very least you could possibly do. It's actually less effort than washing your hands as much as you should. Just wear the stupid mask.
0: Right. I've heard a bunch of things about masks, too, where partially the mask serves a bunch of different purposes, but part of it is just, like, it reminds you not to touch your face. Yeah. If you're wearing a mask and it's a little bit uncomfortable, good. That's it doing its job. Yeah.
2: Well, I think the main thing is, like, airborne pathogens. You don't get, like, spit molecules from other people's breaths or coughing.
0: Right. Andy posted a killer picture that I think frames it really well this week on
1: Facebook. I'm going to go ahead and put that picture in the doobly-doo.
2: Sure. Can you describe it a little?
1: It's like a worst to best ranking of how to handle trying to not catch and or spread the disease. So it's a little pictograph of uh, two people and different combinations of having masks or being six feet apart and stuff like that.
0: Right. And one's and one has COVID and maybe doesn't know it. And the other one doesn't. And so like, if this one wears a mask versus this one wears a mask, if this one is six feet away, like whatever, it just gives you like a different breakdown. Did did you see we
2: passed 1 million uh, reported cases?
0: Woo. We did it guys. Oh,
1: wow. That's bad.
2: Well, I think, I think at this point, like mathematically you're uh, like, if you hit 1 million, you're going to hit basically everyone.
1: Well, yeah, it, it's so unwieldy to try to contain that at that point. Um, and that doesn't even account for the unknown cases. Yep. Right. Um, no. So I like the one that's going to go in the doobly-doo, but there's also something that's a little bit better for our medium of audio podcasting that I could share a little meme I, I saw going around that I think illustrates things pretty well. So if you imagine, you know, you're out in public. And you're wearing pants, but a naked person comes up and starts peeing directly on you. Yeah, you're wearing pants, but you, your leg still gets wet, right? So
2: <laughs> I don't know that that's a great example. Well, but...
1: I think... Hold, let me finish. So then, next step, right? Imagine if someone comes up wearing pants and they try to pee on you. Well, they just get their own pants wet and you just stay dry. So this is what how masks basically work. It's a very... Big painting with a broad brush, but this is the idea behind the masks is if I am possibly have COVID-19 or coronavirus and I might spread it, if I'm wearing a mask, that's going to protect everybody. It's not going to go past the mask, or at least in theory, depending on how good the mask is.
0: (laughs) That is a gross and fairly accurate way of describing it.
1: Also think about how much being six feet apart helps in that situation too. It's a lot harder to get peed on from six feet away.
0: Wow you know that that's a good example anything else oh oh uh, i have a thing it was my 13th anniversary
1: yeah hey, yes. hey nice thank congrats. you Ooh, that actually i have a thing uh so and i haven't we haven't really talked to anybody about this yet but we made the this, uh, caitlin and i made the decision last night to uh to postpone our wedding right uh until next year um it it's the best – it's the time where, you know, any closer and we're going to not have the kind of options available to get a date that we want and things like that. Yep. No, right. good so for – better to just pull the plug now.
0: It's such a hard decision, but also clearly the right one to make.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and there's a lot of ancillary benefits to us as well, like a little extra time for us to lose some weight for the pictures, a little extra time <laughs> for us to save up money. and you know, Sure.
0: I mean, we like, so – I am happy about that as well on a personal level because that same weekend is Toledo Pride uh, mm. that m- my sister, my family basically puts on. And they're starting to come to the realization that even if they wanted to, they're probably not going to be able to hold it this year. Yeah. It brings out – last year it brought out almost 20,000 people to Toledo, Ohio. Wow. Like there's barely barely 20,000 people live in Toledo, Ohio.
1: I was going to say that double population.
0: <laughs> so it's it's just it's interesting. So the idea is like now thinking about like what does that look like? Yeah. What like how do you put on? Because you still want to do a virtual version of some of this stuff, and what does that look like? So, so mm. did
1: you grow up in Toledo? I did. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I so I, I I've always loved the Mud Hens. It's always a fun little minor league team. Um, mm-hmm. I love going to minor league baseball games, but I'm sure you could give. Uh, but we, uh, a better you know you've probably been there a dozen more times than me. But we were uh, driving through to Michigan recently a couple years ago, and we decided to stop for lunch at Tony Paco's. Yes, thank you, Tony Paco's. I completely. <laughs>
0: I was like, blanked, that's the one, like nationally known Toledo, <laughs> Toledo institution.
1: So I'm a and and Caitlin is too, but I, I'm a I'm a lifelong fan of Mash. It's oh sure. One of the greatest shows ever made, and and of course uh, Corporal Klinger. Uh, is from Toledo, and it's always talking about things from Toledo, like the Mud Hens and Pacos. And I just really always get a kick out of when movies and TV shows and stuff reference Cleveland or, or Ohio, because I feel like it's such a humdrum kind of place mm-hmm. in general. So I'm like, oh, that's
0: So awesome. the funniest thing... So for the longest time, Jamie Farr was, like, one of the only celebrities to come out of Toledo. So everybody in Toledo talked to him to the point where... I mean I haven't flown out of Toledo Airport and going on 20 years. But you know when you go to the airport and you hear that like make sure no one has messed with your bag and make sure like the safety thing. It was <laughs> it was Jamie Farr. <laughs> Jamie no. Farr in the airport like, "Hey, this is Jamie Farr. Make sure to come out to my golf classic this summer and also don't let anybody mess with your bag." <laughs> like <laughs>
1: that's so good. That's fantastic. Uh
0: and we we have a few others now but yeah. Fact check, fact check, fact check. And so I said, that wasn't fruit punch. (laughs) Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. Famous podcaster and former Toledoan, Nathan here, to tell you that past Nathan couldn't be any more wrong about the talent that Toledo has put out over the years. First of all, we had Katie Holmes, former Toledoan, former Scientologist, and former spouse of Tom Cruise, We had Tom Schultz, the founder of the sensational musical group Boston. We have Scott Schreiner, the bassist of Weezer. Anita Baker, singer of the 1986 number 2 U.S. Billboard R&B chart single, Sweet Love. Not to mention, not one, not two, but three Playboy Playmates, Cynthia Myers, Jan Roberts, and Runa Lucien. And saving the best for last, that's right, from M.A.S.H., after M.A.S.H., And the 2007 TV Christmas Spectacular, A Grandpa for Christmas, and the annual Women's Professional Golf Tournament on the LPGA Tour, the Jamie Farr Toledo Classic, TV's Jamie Farr. You know, I know I'm goofing on Jamie Farr a little bit here, and it's all well and good, but I do actually really love the guy and his golf tournament has raised nearly $7 million for local Toledo-area children's charities, and he's actually pretty great. Anyway, what a goof. And back to the show. Toledo's great!
1: Fact check! Fact check! Fact check!
2: So this weekend, I ran a couple of Magic the Gathering drafts on Arena, and I had a couple of undefeated runs. I had two undefeated runs, and I had... One, uh, six and three run, so I was kind of happy with those,
0: so that's what happened to me. Nice. Nice. Can I ask, what is Arena? How does that work? Um,
2: yeah, so, like, imagine a card game. You're playing a card game, like, physically. This is the same thing, but it's a computer game version. You open booster packs to get, like, the cards that you want, and... Uh, some of the complaints about it are that it, I mean, it is kind of expensive if you don't play, like, really efficiently. And it, it could be argued that it's kind of like a pay to win system because you can skip a lot of grinding by paying money to play. But it's basically, it's the same game as Magic the Gathering.
0: Right. And, Mm. and isn't, like, in-person MTG is basically pay to win too, right? Like it's literally right. pay to yeah. win. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you do actually have to be a good player. Oh no, for sure. But I'm just saying, you can go out and buy any card you want for yeah, money. Yeah,
2: exactly. Like and if
0: there's a card that you think is going to make your deck killer. Right. You just go on eBay and pay fifty bucks or whatever, and you yeah. Get your so card. I mean, the yes. same
2: complaints would definitely apply to the physical card game as well.
0: Yeah, I would, I would accept that for sure.
2: Um, but yeah I mean I have a lot of fun with it and you can make it cheaper by playing very skillfully
1: well <laughs> yeah I cool. I mean I'll tell you money has always been the biggest barrier to that for me it, with all the cards that you have to buy to be even remotely competitive and to have fun it's just more than I want to pay for uh, something that is a lot of fun but I, I just don't want to put the money into that now I do what I do need to do is proxy a deck so that i can play with you guys more yeah for sure i get that for sure i guess i'd say i have time right now
2: yeah i mean probably the the corporation that runs it wouldn't wouldn't want us to say this but you know you can also just go to the library well you can't right now but you can just print the things that you want and you can play (laughs) play with them that way um i think the only problems you'd run into with copyright infringement would be if you tried to resell those If you just print something for your own use, I don't think that that's a copyright problem. Right.
0: And if you can resell, like, a Xerox copied, (laughs) (laughs) like, Magic the Gathering card on paper, then more power to you. Well, counterfeits
2: actually are a, a major problem. The techniques to make, like, really high quality counterfeits have gotten much better in recent years. So now that actually is a real
1: problem. Speaking of real problems, murder. Murder at midnight.
2: Transitioning smoothly into our topic for today.
1: Well, we wanted to talk
2: about guns today, a, a topic that I'm very passionate about and
1: enjoy quite a bit. Word. Me too. There's... You enjoy the, the topic or you enjoy guns?
2: Uh, well, can it be both? But yeah, I mean, I I enjoy shooting firearms. Yes. Yeah, and, like, there's a new one that I was looking at, actually, the uh, the uh KSG. It's like a bullpup. Do you know what a bullpup is? There, there's a required length of a barrel, but a bullpup takes the firing mechanism and puts it all the way in the back, like where your shoulder stock is. So the entire gun is shorter, and the KSG is a, a bullpup shotgun with, like, 14 shots. And so that's the one that I've sure. been looking cool. at. It looks like a blast to shoot.
1: <laughs> Once upon a time, I owned a forty caliber Smith & Wesson that I was pretty fond of, but that was a long, long time ago, and I have not owned a gun since.
0: I feel like I should say at this point, I own no guns. I'm not interested in owning any guns. But I will say my views on firearms will change radically if and when the zombie apocalypse happens
2: <laughs> fair enough yeah pretty important in in zombie survival scenarios and even like um you know with recent events uh people have been going out and stocking up on ammunition and gun sales i saw one figure that said that of brand new first time gun owners this year They're up 250%, and uh, ammo purchases are also up, I think, 180%. So, as a reaction to uh, this perceived end-of-the-world scenario and, like, possible looting or the, uh, the collapse of civilization, the apocalypse, whatever, people have been stocking up. So, I find that kind of interesting. You also see that in, like, presidential election years. Mm-hmm. Um, like if there's uncertainty
0: about what the laws will be going forward, people also go out in droves and stock right. up. And I see those people as being the same people who ran out and bought a ton of toilet paper or drinking water or whatever. Like that you don't need that for this thing. <laughs> like you're not gonna have to poop more and Maybe like, not, but but the people who
2: are buying guns the people who are buying guns aren't like preventing your average citizen from having an essential thing like toilet paper. So in that way, it's a little (laughs) bit different.
0: No, that's no, no, no. And I'm only referring to it as something that's sort of fundamentally unnecessary for the thing that we're going into. Like you need some toilet paper, you need water, but like our water hasn't stopped working because of the coronavirus. Like I am still go get tap water. Right. But
2: when, when the uh, apocalypse legitimately does happen, if it was to happen, you wouldn't necessarily get a, a warning about it, you know? Like, your prediction that it's not um going to be necessary to go out and hoard toilet paper wouldn't necessarily have been the case as a guess from the beginning.
0: I'm just saying for this. Like, people went out and bought toilet paper because of the coronavirus at a point where we knew the coronavirus did not cause massive amounts of diarrhea.
1: Well, so I think the issue there is... My, this is my theory about that. I think that the people, such as El Presidente, saying things like "Oh, it's just like the flu," "Oh, it's just another flu," that made people think that it was like the flu. And a lot of times, flu comes with diarrhea. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs>
0: it's it's funny. I've been I've been talking to people online the the sort of like soup du jour on Facebook right now. Is the president telling people to go out and oh, the, the... inject themselves with disinfectants? <laughs>
1: yeah, um,
0: he said he said it's something we're looking into. He didn't tell people to go do
2: it. He said he said it's he said it's something that we're going to instruct the scientists
0: to look into. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go ahead and put his exact quote here.
3: Right. So, supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just injection inside or, or almost a cleaning because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. And it's to me, it sounds like
0: he was asking a question. But also for me, the the podium in the White House, when your whole job on this international stage that you've been given is to give accurate updated information about the coronavirus your whole job is to give out that accurate information it's not to ask dumb questions if you have a dumb question ask it in the hallway after you're done it's absolutely inexcusable and like people who know
2: what you're talking about people who know science or you know the effects of uv light Or bleach disinfectants on the body are like cringing because, you know, that's clearly not
1: what you want your sheets.
0: There's all kinds of reasons why it's crappy.
1: Uh, So I have three main complaints about those press conferences wildly inaccurate information, wildly inconsistent from press conference to press conference, or even just within the conference when the doctor says one thing and he says another. Sure, sure. And. He spends an inordinate amount of time talking about stuff like immigration and the Mexican border wall and stuff like that during these press conferences that are supposed to be about the coronavirus. Like, it's a coronavirus press conference, and he's talking about these other things.
0: I'm going to go ahead and suggest that we should go ahead and talk about this next week, Uh, just because I would like to talk about it more. Uh, I actually day, feel like I wouldn't mind spending maybe
1: 15 to 20 minutes on it every week just to check in. <laughs> There's always new stuff to talk about because we're learning so much so fast. And
0: I broached it to you guys before, but I would like to have an actual like full episode. I, I know it's a bummer to talk about all the time, but like one episode where we talk about this is why Trump is shitty. Because people think that the snowflakes are just like belly aching all the time and don't really have any reason. I would like to have an episode where we just go through like step by step. Like this is why he's a bad guy.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we've had that episode several times. I feel times. like
1: that's every episode. We could bring it back up. <laughs> that's just every episode though. <laughs> we definitely not.
0: But the nice thing is if we had that episode, we could have less of that episode
1: well, moving forward.
0: Let's go ahead and talk about guns, shall we? Oh, I would love
1: to. So, how, my th- I thought it might be, it. I brought out my mm-hmm. pocket constitution for dramatic effect, and I thought it might be a great starting point to just read the Second Amendment. Let's do it. Sure. Amendment 2. A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Seems pretty now, cut
2: and dry. All right, good episode, guys. It, it
1: does. There's a couple commas in there that I maybe should have stated because they're in kind of curious places, uh-huh. or at least one comma is in a very curious so, place. But we can talk yeah, about that later. It. Um, but that's the, that's the text of the amendment.
0: So how – here's, here's going to be the first thing, and I'm not, not trying to set you guys up, but I genuinely want to ask, how does what we have now count as a well-regulated militia?
1: What do you mean what we have now?
0: The, the freedoms military. the way yeah no the the way normal citizens are allowed to own guns how does that represent a well-regulated militia
1: i think it might be a good idea to just kind of review the basics of what that exactly is what are what are, is a typical citizen's right when it comes to purchasing and owning a firearm how far do those rights extend right now what are the, what are the limitations etc because to be honest I haven't tried to buy a firearm in a long time. I know in vague generalities what the it looks like, but I would love to review the, the nitty-gritty of it.
0: Pat, I'm going to say you're probably most familiar with this from a personal standpoint. Do you think that's accurate? Um, um, at least a process on how to get one?
2: Yeah, so there are background checks that you you use your government-issued ID and... They check and see, really just to see if you have a criminal record. We've had proposals for laws that are about mental health and wellness and, you know, making sure that they're called red flag laws, like people who are talking about orchestrating an attack or people who express suicidal thoughts that, um, that they would be restricted from getting a firearm. But, Those laws have generally been struck down in most areas, but you also have local laws from municipality to municipality. So while you can concealed carry in a certain state, you might not be able to concealed carry in another one. Sure. And I think... New York, maybe this is a place to fact check, but I believe that New York has banned the owning of handguns
0: for the city of New York. Yeah, no, I can totally look that up. Mini fact check. New York state law does not require a license to own or possess long guns, but does require a permit to legally possess or own a pistol. However, the city of New York has its own set of laws and requires permits to own any long gun or pistol fact check so it varies
2: from state to state and from municipality but to you, municipality you go
0: in you say i want to buy this gun they say here's a background check and then you wait some amount of time and then you get that gun yeah
2: you fill out paperwork
0: you give them a government issued id
2: and then if your record is clean they're not going to look at the the mental health aspects or the red flag warning Aspects or anything like that. They're just going to look at your criminal record. And if your criminal record comes back clean, they'll generally sell you a gun. Now, I mean, there also, there's a right to refuse service. So, like, if you walk into a gun store and start saying stupid things, you might get refused service at that gun store. For example, if you, if you walk up to the counter and say, you know, what's, what's the best gun to, uh, right. conduct a mass shooting with or you know some something along those lines you might be denied service at that at that Yeah well and and so that's reasons. definitely a
1: a topic that we want to get into with this but just really quickly i think the point that it varies state by state and there's not a lot of federal regulation on this it's the, the federal regulation is very loose very state by state the Wikipedia page gun laws in the United States by state is it a super easy to f- to navigate resource if you want to know more about what the laws look like in your state.
2: Right. And we had a federal assault weapons ban. Yeah, and that I believe has expired. Yeah, it expired on uh September 13th, 2004.
0: The Public Safety and Recreational Firearms Use Protection Act, or Federal Assault Weapons Ban, AWB, was a subsection of the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act of 1994, a United States federal law which included a prohibition on the manufacture for civilian use of certain semi-automatic firearms that were defined as assault weapons as well as certain ammunition magazines that were defined as, quote, large capacity. The 10-year ban was passed by the U.S. Congress on September 13, 1994, following a close 52-48 to 48 vote in the U.S. Senate. The ban applied only to weapons manufactured after the date of the ban's enactment. It expired on September 13, 2004, in accordance with its sunset provision. Several constitutional challenges were filed against provisions of the ban, but all were rejected by the courts. There were multiple attempts to renew the ban, but none succeeded. Mini fact
1: check.
2: You also are not allowed to own a fully automatic, and I don't think that you can buy a suppressor without a tax stamp from the government. So,
0: but there's still things the like the uh, tech... bump stocks available. If I understand correctly, um,
2: no, actually. Bump stocks have somewhat recently been uh,
0: made illegal. Oh, that's interesting.
2: Yeah, in, ta- in 2018, uh, bump fire stocks were made illegal. Well, that's fun. So, I mean, to okay. anyone who might not know what a bump fire stock is, um, it's it's essentially a way of turning a weapon into essentially an automatic. So as you hold down the trigger, the recoil mechanism of... The gun will move it back and forth, so just holding your finger in place, the trigger will push itself back on your finger
0: um and resulting this in like was, ulti- and the bump right and the bump stock was presumably what caused such a high casualty rate at the Las Vegas shooting that happened
2: right and and so that was a big <laughs> uh that was a big turning point for that legislation but the thing is like i I think a lot of gun owners were not upset about uh regulating bump stocks, except in the sense that like no regul- no regulation on guns is good regulation, but bump stocks, I don't think were incredibly popular. It was kind of like a scapegoat. I think it was something that gun owners were kind of like, well, you know, okay,
0: generally, I mean I'm the liberal one, right, and like I feel like I have a weird view on guns compared to a lot of people on my side of the fence. I don't have a problem with gun owners. I think most gun owners are pretty good. Most gun owners are normal people. I think the NRA is poison. I don't think they represent normal gun owners. And the problem that I have is we clearly have a problem with gun violence in this country. And what we get from... Responsible gun owners is silence. There's nothing. So we want to address this problem, and one side is screaming about getting rid of guns, gun control, things like that, and the other side is thoughts and prayers. Well, so... And we get nothing. I, I
2: think the NRA, as a like single-issue voting body, I think... That they do a good job in protecting gun rights in the United States. I think gun rights are important. So I can see how that difference in paradigm would clash with yours if you don't
0: think gun rights are important. And sure. And I'm not, I'm not opposed to that part of it. What I'm opposed to is they do not seem to represent the views of their membership very well. They, if their goal is to protect gun rights, I think that's great. But in this day and age, if they continue down this path of not talking about anything, not being willing to engage on this issue, something's going to get done without their input. All the, like, eventually, there's going to be another shooting. There's going to be a last straw at some point. And what I would like is I would like gun owners to get involved in the conversation. Like, what makes sense? Because schools getting shot up is not okay. Is there something that we should be doing? Like, how should we do that? And I would like them to be part of that conversation. Right. I, don't I think that's unreasonable. I think everyone agrees
2: that, you know, school shootings are not just a part of everyday life, that, that school shootings are terrible tragedies. Um, I don't, I don't think you're going to find anybody that argues against that point, but I think that the perspective of the NRA and from gun owners is that they aren't the problem like legal gun owners who are minding their own business and obeying the law are not are not the problem here here's the thing
1: when you're talking about how to how to regulate gun laws and 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 what types of gun laws make sense you're talking about several different groups of people and i don't think that they warrant the same kind of laws. So what I mean by that is your typical gun owner, your average person who has a gun, maybe a hunter, maybe wants it for self-defense, maybe just likes to have one, but is a responsible person, keeps ammo and gun in separate safes and stuff like that, right? Right. That's
2: the law. You're supposed to do that.
1: Right. So you're supposed to. That's the thing. And most people do it. And I think for, for those people, for most people, simply just, you know, requiring a little bit of education when you buy a gun. So, you know, what, how to use it and how it works and what to be careful of and so on and so forth is, is plenty. Right. It, it, you really don't need to go beyond that. Maybe, maybe registering it just for the sake of same reason you register your car. Or what if it gets stolen or something like that? You know, okay. um, who knows? But then, there's also other groups of people so there's also um for instance people with maybe depression who we don't really want to give the listen suicide rates by guns is is through the roof it is almost uh looking at I'm looking at 2018 stats and there were what about 14,000 gun homicides gun related homicides and there are almost 25,000 gun related suicides.
2: Right. It's, it's the number one cause of death by firearm. Is and so
1: I think, you know, I, I think it's absurd for us to have any reservation about not giving people who maybe are diagnosed with depression right. and possibly prone to suicide guns. I mean, now the question of where that line actually gets drawn, I think that's a good conversation to have, but but people who just oppose any sort of liability, I guess, or, I don't know, I, not liability, I don't know what the word I want here is, but there's there has to be some level of...
0: Responsibility?
1: I guess there doesn't have to be.
0: <laughs> it seems
2: to me that there should be. So, So to, to me, here's the question is, how willing are we to regulate stupid? So I can, right now, go down to the liquor store and buy enough alcohol to definitely kill me. I can drive my car off of a bridge. Does that infringe... Does my ability to do that make it necessary for us to have regulation that is going to restrict the rights of other people to drive a car or to restrict the the rights of people to purchase alcohol?
0: Well, if I can say two things. First of all, we have those regulations... I mean, you can't drive a car when you're drinking liquor because it will affect other people. There are regulations that stop you from doing that. Um I'd also say... They don't
2: physically stop me from
0: doing that. No, but there's a law that says you can't do that. So if you choose to obey the law, that's a thing you can't do. Clearly, there are plenty of
1: people who- will arrest you if you
0: are doing
2: it. I'm just drawing a comparison to the danger of firearms to the danger of many things in our lives that are not- And what I'm saying- You know, we're not proposing to ban all cars. Motor vehicle crashes are one of the biggest causes of death in the United States. And nobody's saying,
1: like, uh, you know, we need to ban a certain type of car- But we ban uh, irresponsible driving. And who has said, let's ban all
0: firearms? I listen to the progressive side of things pretty often. I listen to Democrats pretty often. And conservatives like to make it out like there's this boogeyman after their guns. And there's just not. Obama was was a much better president for gun owners than Trump has been.
3: Um, About states taking steps. But the focus is...
2: To literally give families and give local law enforcement additional tools if an individual is reported to be a, a potential danger to themselves or others now, allow due process so that no one's rights are trampled but, but the ability to go to court obtain an order and then collect not only the firearms but all, any any weapons
3: in the possession or of that individual or might take the firearms first and then go to court because that's another system because a lot of times by the time you go to court it takes so long to go to court To get the due process procedures, uh, I like taking the guns early. Like in this crazy man's case that just took place in Florida, he had a lot of fires. They saw everything. To go to court would have taken a long time. So you could do exactly what you're saying, but take the guns first, go through due process second.
1: My dude, Beto O'Rourke, in the debates just a few months ago, said, hell yeah, we're going to take your guns, and the crowd cheered. There is support for it. Now, I'm not saying that that is everybody. Absolutely. Where's Beto now? But but he's not gone because of that. And here's the thing. I think it's irresponsible to dismiss it as a boogeyman. It's not a boogeyman. It's being blown out of proportion. So you've, you've mentioned one person. I mentioned one person and all of the thousands of cheers... And, and support he got from people on Facebook and stuff. That's the thing. Is that's fine, but that's... Maybe there's not a lot of politicians who are actually crossing the line to say that yet, but there is support for that in a lot of, in the base.
0: They specifically cheered on Beto because no one will say that. They were bolstered by the fact that he was willing to say that. Because there are citizens who want that to happen. It's certainly not a majority of citizens. That's, what, that's exactly what I'm saying. So that's fine. But what I'm saying is the conservatives have painted the Democratic Party as being anti-gun for the longest time, and it's bull******. It's just not accurate. I guess... I think they're the only party that's willing to talk about it because they're not being bankrolled by the NRA.
4: Uh, The notion that I, or Hillary, or Democrats, or whoever you want to choose are hell-bent on taking away folks' guns It's just not true. And, and I don't care how many times the NRA says it. I'm about to leave office. There have been more guns sold since I've been president than just about any time in U.S. history. There are, there are enough guns for every man, woman, and child in this country. And at no point have I ever ever proposed confiscating guns from responsible gun owners. So it's just not true. What I have said is precisely what you suggested, which is why don't we treat this like every other thing that we use? We used to have really bad auto fatality rates. The auto fatality rate has actually dropped precipitously, drastically, since I was a kid. Why is that? We decided we had seatbelt laws. We decided to have manufacturers put airbags on in place. We decided to crack down on drunk driving and texting. We decided to redesign roads so that they were less likely to have a car bank. We studied what is causing these fatalities using science and data and evidence, and then we slowly treated it like the public health problem it was, and it got reduced. We are not allowed to do any of that when it comes to guns because people, if you propose anything, it is suggested that we're trying to wipe away gun rights and and impose tyranny and martial law. Do you know that Congress will not allow the Center for Disease Control to study gun violence? They're not allowed to study it because the notion is is that by studying it the same way we do with traffic accidents, somehow that's going to lead to everybody's guns being confiscated. When we talked about background checks, if you buy a car, if you want to get a license, First of all, you got to get a license. You have to take a test. <laughs> you have to people have to know that you know how to drive. You don't have to do any of that with respect to buying a gun and when we talked about doing effective background checks it was resistant because the notion was we were going to take your guns away. I I just came from a meeting today in the situation room in which I've got people who we know have been on ISIL websites, living here in the United States, U.S. citizens, and we're allowed to put them on the no-fly list when it comes to airlines, but because of the National Rifle Association, I cannot prohibit those people from buying a gun. This is somebody who is a known ISIL sympathizer, and if he wants to walk in to a gun store or a gun show right now and buy as much as many weapons as ammo as, as he can, nothing's prohibiting him from do that, even though the FBI knows who that person is. So sir, I, I just have to say respectfully that there is a way for us to have common sense gun laws. There is a way for us to make sure that lawful, responsible gun owners like yourself are able to use it for sporting, hunting, protecting yourself. But the only way we're gonna do that is if we don't have a situation in which anything that is proposed is viewed as some tyrannical destruction of the Second Amendment. And that's how the issue too often gets framed.
1: So I would agree that there hasn't been any policy put out to ban all guns or take guns from people other than I mean, there have been voluntary buybacks, but that's the extent of it. And so, um, right. yeah, that's I'm I'm on board. But what I'm saying is I think that the there's growing support within the voting population of the Democratic Party. And it's only a matter of time before the politicians reflect that. So, so I don't think it's crazy for the Republicans to say there. Are, to, if the Republicans were saying there are Democrats yeah, but who want, they've been saying to, it for decades. The Republican, and this is something that's happened recently. If the Republicans were saying, like, hey, all Democrats, or if they were saying there are some Democrats who want to take, of course, why would they say that? That sounds ridiculous. But if they were just saying there are some people. Who would like to take all the guns and eliminate all guns? That would be a reasonable statement, and it wouldn't be wrong. Now they're taking it the next level, but they're but I'm saying that that doesn't bring it all the way back down to zero. That's yeah, all. There's
0: a push in in the like far left part of the Democratic Party to take away guns that are designed to kill humans specifically, not not to take away all guns, not to take away hunting rifles, but to take away. Assault-style rifles from individuals. What
2: a, what, a, what about self-defense? What if I think I need something like that for self-defense?
0: Well, I mean, y- if you own a gun, you're more likely to be shot with that gun than you are to shoot somebody else. So? So I'm not, I'm not saying you don't have the right to do yeah, it. Right, but, but like if you're, thing, if your argument is, I have the right to do it, then hell yeah, you have the right to do it. If your argument is, it's smart to do it, then no, it's not. It's <laughs> dumb to do it because you're going to get shot or you're going to
1: shoot somebody else in your household that you didn't want to shoot. So I this is what Pat was saying and and in this regard I have to I'm going to agree with him. I'm going to say I don't I I'm not in, interested in regulating or protecting stupid from stupid. I'm not I I don't think that that's a role for government to play. I think the role for government to play is to try to prevent them from being stupid, but if they're stupid, they're going to do stupid, th- you know what I mean? So um you can't tell people in regards to that decision of like look i know that statistically i'm more likely to use the, for this gun to get used on me than for me to use it on someone else but i'm going to go get it anyway if you're going to make that stupid decision that's you have that right to make that decision that's your right as an american hell that, yeah it's stupid. I agree with you. I think it's kind of dumb. I haven't I I wouldn't mind owning a, a firearm, but I wouldn't even keep it in the house. I would store it at, at, in a locker at the range or some something like that. I, I think know. I'd probably keep it like, in the
0: front yard just so that way I'd have easy <laughs> access to it in case I needed it.
1: Yeah, there you go. Right. No, it wouldn't be for protection. It would For me, if I were to get another, a gun again, it would just be for going to a gun range and shooting oh, to yeah. let off and, some steam. And
0: Pat and I have talked about, like, we never ended up doing it, but I'd be totally willing we should to go to that. a gun range and fire off some fire off some rounds. That would be, we could record a little bit of an episode there. Yeah, maybe. I'd be, be totally up cool. for that. Because the thing um, is, I am not, so I want to say a couple of things if I can. Um, let's I let's just, go I'm tomorrow. Let's go. Oh, about some stuff okay. anyway. So. I want to go back for That'd a second to me wanting gun owners to be part of the conversation. Because as of last year, as of August of last year, there had been 114 mass shootings in the United States since 1982. Of those 114, 85 of them were done with legally bought firearms. So 72% of mass shootings in the United States have been done with legally purchased firearms. So, yes... The NRA and responsible gun owners have to be part of this conversation because 72% is pretty damned high.
1: It is. And all right, so this brings up the uh, uh, one of my favorite arguments, but not for the reasons you might think as I say it, um, about not regulating guns. People say, well, the criminals don't care what your regulations are. And yeah, I know. So what? To me, that's a flat argument because arguing futility, arguing oh you're wasting your time, is is a very flimsy argument to me. I guess it just doesn't hold much substance in my mind. I, if if it's the right thing to do, even if it doesn't try to, it doesn't really work. You got to try doing things to a certain extent. I'm not into active federal government stuff, right? But but that to me is kind well, of right. a weak argument. It, how how well can
2: you lump people together by demographics in that way and assign, like, a communal blame? So, like, if you're going to blame all of legal gun owners for uh the actions of mass shooters, a lot of these people, you know, I would say almost all of these people are minding their own business, obeying the laws, using them responsibly, making sure that they're not getting into the hands of children. It, it, is it fair to paint with such a wide stroke to say that, um, you know, legal gun owners are collectively responsible for
0: mass shooters? I mean, I guess you can make that argument that they are. I mean, no. And I don't think you heard me make that argument. What I said was 72% of shootings are done with legal guns. So I'm not saying that it is their... It's not about them being... I'm not blaming them. What I am saying is them remaining silent is unacceptable. They have to be part of the solution. The way
1: it pictures in my mind is like a Venn diagram. And in one circle... There's legal firearm owners, legal gun owners. And in the other circle, there's responsible gun owners. And the people in in that, the cut that are legal but not responsible, those are the people who are using these for mass shootings. And yeah, maybe most people are responsible gun owners, whether legal or illegal gun owners. They're generally responsible. I think most people actually live in the middle, in the both but that's
0: yeah, i think the vast majority of gun owners are responsible the
1: point is i i do think the community at large is somewhat responsible not to the degree of like we should put all gun owners in jail every time there's a mass shooting okay but there is something of a collective responsibility similarly like if say the chair of the democratic party were handing their candidate que- you know questions before a, a debate that's really illegal, but the party at large that puts up with that, that allows that, or that that is willing to allow that to happen, so that they can also get their power. Are you are you specifically
0: referring to when CNN did that thing he- for uh, Hillary Clinton? Yeah, yeah so that that was an actual thing that you said that actually happened the point is um and it did it's, suck.
1: it's not direct responsibility, but there is sort of an an implicit turning turning a blind eye to a certain extent or allowing bad things to happen in order to maintain that that selfish thing that you want right so
2: when you do talk about like these these red flag laws or like let's say um you know if you went to your therapist and you told your therapist like you know, I'm having suicidal ideations, and and then the therapist enacts this law that says that you can't own firearms or that you uh, shouldn't have the firearms that you own now, it it gets messy. It gets messy with the rights of normal law-abiding citizens to own those firearms. I can be completely minding my own business, and somebody else thinks that I might show some violent tendencies, or they might even fabricate the idea that I might show some violent tendencies. And what are we going to do in that case? I mean, is that going to make me lose my rights also? I just think that the practicalities of implementing any kind of laws like this, it's always going to be messy.
0: Do Can I ask, do citizens have any right to not be shot? Do I have that right for you not to shoot me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, then there's always right. going to be like this is where we're going to like butt heads on this thing because if I have the right not to get shot and there's a person with a higher than normal chance of shooting a bunch of people, how do you balance those rights out?
1: Can I can I ask you really quickly, Nathan? Sure. Do you recall 911?
0: What, which one? There's uh, one. Nine eleven. Like two thousand and one. Yes. Yeah. You yes.
2: said you would never forget. <laughs> I,
1: I didn't. I didn't forget. I remembered nine eleven last year okay. too. So and and and, I understand that these are not gonna. It's not a. It's it's
2: not a one to one comparison.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm assuming I'm an,
0: assuming that you're not I, setting up some sort of giant <laughs> giant scarecrow where like I'm going to be called Hitler here in a second too.
1: <laughs> no. Okay, so I want to make just a comparison a little bit to – you remember the whole issue of Bush and Bush's administration claimed that there were weapons of mass destruction being developed in Iraq and that's why we needed to preemptively go to war to stop them from going to war with us. When he lied
0: to the American people and how he's a a war criminal? Yeah, I remember Right, exactly.
2: Hold on to that thought.
1: (laughs) But let me ask you this, right? If – I, we, we know, looking back, we know he was lying, or at the very least, he was given the wrong information, benefit of the doubt, I guess. I don't know. But if, let's say he wasn't lying, or we just didn't really necessarily know, but the evidence seemed to support that what he was saying. Let's just say sure. Okay, I realize that that is not the no, case. No, but I, it's just something I, I take that your we point. lived through, and we can. Let's say to. Iraq
0: did have so, like, let's say Saddam yeah. Hussein had weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, and us going in could yes. potentially stop
1: that. How would you have felt about that? Would you have felt like that would have been justified or not? And and I realize that that's a I big didn't question. I didn't have a problem with us going into Afghanistan. I mean,
0: that's that's your analogy yeah. right there. We, we went in, uh, to Afghanistan to, uh, take out Bin Laden.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I didn't have a problem with that. I had a problem with Iraq because it was manufactured and you could tell it was manufactured before we yeah. went in. And a bunch right. of us, I, I went to DC to protest because I knew George W. Bush was a huge liar and they couldn't provide any amount of proof of anything that they were saying. But, I protested it here in Cleveland. I, I, exactly. And I, I'm not saying that you needed, like, nobody had to, to, like, be on the right side of history or
1: whatever. Right. Does that does but, that relate back to gun rights? Although Biden was on the wrong side of that history. Right. But, okay.
0: So I, I, <laughs> well, we'll let Andy make his point. But no, I think your the best analogy is, no, I did not have a problem with going into Afghanistan because there was evidence that bin Laden was in there, even though it didn't flush out. Us staying in Afghanistan for as long as we did and committing the atrocities that we committed i'm not okay with that right
1: sure sure sure, sure. but so how does this connect back to gun rights the com- well what pat was kind of saying about kind of preemptively right what can we do preemptively before we actually know for certain about certain things yeah before we have a very a fully clear picture of things what kind of action how much how many rights can a government take away from a person on speculation so here i want to bring up a, a bunch of stuff
0: because i i think yes you 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 make a good point and there is not going to be we keep on wanting to frame this not us but as a as a society we want to keep on uh, trying to frame this as if one thing is going to fix it if we <laughs> yeah. go ahead and give people who have mental issues if we give them additional support that's going to fix it if we go ahead and take guns away from like gun owners which i'm not a, like i'm not in favor of or at least i'm not in favor of taking all guns away from all gun owners that's ludicrous and we shouldn't do it but we keep Luda. there's there's a bunch of different things that are thrown out there like if we if we do this one thing problem solved and it is incredibly complicated, what we're dealing so with I've, here. Oh yeah. I've heard arm well, the, all the, the teachers, promise, which
2: is also a, li- a ridiculously oh my bad idea. The dumbest thing ridiculously ever. ridiculously bad idea. Well, that, Unbelievable. Was,
0: that was Trump. Uh, so yeah. he's very Let's dumb learn, and says very that was not just, dumb stuff. I think that I've was heard not that just long Trump. before Trump was That was, uh, even... <laughs> the NRA <laughs> put candidate. that out, too. The NRA officially okay, good. recommended it. I think I've made it clear how I feel about the NRA, too. They also uh, have uh, very dumb ideas. They also said... The only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Uh, and clearly that's not true. Um, it's a way. No, it's the only way. The only way to shoot an innocent civilian at a restaurant that's being robbed by a bad guy is for a good guy with a gun to stand up. So here's, if I can, if I can move on to the next point I wanted to make. Okay. We were talking about regulating stupid, and that's exactly what I want to do, but I don't want to do it through taking away people's guns. What I would like to do is, People who own guns, at least the type of people who tend to be problematic in these situations are these, they, they want to be the hero. They want to be the, these action types in case something happens. If I want to defend my family or I defend the people in this bank or I want to defend whatever, if there's a, if there's a shooter where I am, I want to be able to help out and be a positive, like a force for good to stop this other guy or woman or person. And I don't. Like, I think that's a dumb reason to own a gun, but I think it's fine. But the problem is, what those people need more than the gun itself is the training to be able to do that properly. They need to not be treating these things like toys, which I think an disproportionate number of people who are problematic shooters. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not saying every gun owner is like this. What I'm saying is the types of gun owners who are like this. Don't have enough training, and I would love to see people have like if you want a, a concealed carry permit, you also have to take a certain number of hours of training to be able to that, get that. that. And the eight hours that they're the eight hours they're required now is nothing. Oh, okay, it's nothing. I was going to say that's a thing like, that exists people... is
2: is taking training.
0: If you can look up on YouTube what those trainings consist of. And they're garbage. Like a lot of them don't actually take the whole eight hours. A lot of them don't have a like a curriculum that makes any sense. A lot of them don't have trainers that actually believe in the training. It's terrible. It's not good. And so here's what I'd like. I would like responsible gun owners to jump in on that conversation and say, Hey, let's not take guns away from people. Let's go ahead and make those people better equipped to handle those guns in the right way if they do end up in this type of situation.
1: As a general rule, I always, I I believe in education as a cure for a lot of things, as a a significant cure for a lot of things. Certainly not the end-all be-all, but I would actually tell you, I even think it would be great for high schools to offer an optional, you know, doesn't have to be mandatory, but... Offer a gun safety class that would be, probably have to be conducted off-site, obviously. There are you know, other stuff that you'd have to do to do that. But I think that making that education available to people, how to be safe with guns, how to use them, in and you can't have too much of that. You can't have too much education and training.
0: I think the only way that makes sense is if your goal is for everybody to have a gun. And that's clearly, that's not my goal. We need no, significantly fewer guns. So guys. in my in my experience, uh, when, when, my when you have somebody that
2: has been taught range safety and taught to respect, you know, where it's pointed, always assuming that it's loaded, never shooting, yeah, never absolutely. pointing it at something that you don't intend to shoot, uh, making double, triple, quadruple clear that... Uh, the chamber is clear and that it's unloaded before you put it away and store it anywhere. I feel like these rules are going to instill in people a respect, and that's what I've found in my experience is that when you learn about range safety and you learn about, you know, being safe around guns, it becomes sort of unthinkable that you would point it at a human being with the intention of harming them, like not in self-defense. Maybe that's not universally true, but uh, that's what I've found in my own limited experience in life.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. I think more exposure to it. and, And I think what that does also is it establishes guns early on as something that, primarily are just used at the range right you know and a comfortability with them but an honest comfortability uh, now i know that we're coming from slightly different places on it and yeah no I, it's not my goal for everyone to own a gun but no and I i'm not
0: saying that don't, i'm not saying you said that but i'm what i'm saying is i don't want everybody to know gun safety i want people who are interested in owning firearms to know gun safety right that's that's my thing because i will never own a gun i am incredibly interested in our learning gun safety especially if we go to the range together
2: right well, well i mean i i think that for first time users what you really want is like a qualified range safety expert you want a professional to be there to teach you the ins and outs to do it the right way absolutely
1: and if you can get that
2: if you can get mm-hmm. that from somebody who just knows it then that's fine too but i think the best experience is with a professional
1: so the, the question of guns draws in a lot of other types of peripheral questions, such as personal responsibility, regulating stupid, and another one that gets brought up a lot, especially with a president with fascist tendencies, protection from a... Fascist government.
2: Right. So when we talk about the constitution, we never answered Nathan's question at the beginning of um how does this relate to militias?
0: There are militias. Well regulated militia, to be yeah, specific. There
2: there are militias in in the United States. I'm not a member of one. Nobody nobody I know is a member of one. It is a thing that
0: exists, but um but that's the right you've been given by the Constitution. It's not it's, you. It doesn't give you the right as an individual to own a firearm. It gives you the right as a well-regulated militia to own I a mean, firearm.
2: I, that is not how I interpret that that statement. So the, the the statement from the Constitution is for the purpose of a well-regulated militia, the rights of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed. And to me, that is the crucial clause the rights of the people well, to bear arms fine, shall not for be you infringed
0: to, again i want to be clear i'm not opposed to people owning firearms i don't want to take away people's firearms uh i would like to have conversations about what firearms it makes sense for people to own but the only way you get to that thing that you think is the the main clause is for you to ignore the other clause and the other fun thing about that well-regulated militia is that there are historians that think the well-regulated militia part was put in there specifically so that slave owners could knock down slave revolts in in the case that it, they happened. Right, so, so I
2: think of it as it like was, protection from tyranny, so I'm not a member of a militia right now, but right. who is to say like, um, you know, if we were invaded tomorrow that I wouldn't be really happy to be uh, a gun owner as opposed to a dead person. (laughs) You know, and and we're talking about protection from tyranny from our own government as well. You know, I mean, I don't think that that is a great and happy thought that you would need the government to be scared of the people. But I think at the end of the day you would rather have the government be scared of the people than the people be scared of the government. I think that's the better option. Agreed.
0: Can I ask, in in your guys' eyes, is there any difference between a musket and an AR-15? You know, like, we, we have guns that obviously the people who wrote the document could not have imagined existing. There's weaponry now that exists that normal people are able to buy... That would have taken out an entire, uh, group of enemy soldiers. I, I, is there no difference?
2: So, Obviously there is some difference. I think it's fundamentally similar. I think it's, you, you point it at somebody and that person is going to die. I think, I think it's essentially in one similar. Case,
0: you can shoot, I, I don't yeah. know what a magazine for an AR-15 is. 30 shots or something? Well, you can get, you can get so as long you can as shoot- you want. All right. Well, maybe not legally. <laughs> generally, generally 30 but, is
2: a good number. We'll say 30.
0: But you can, you can take out 30 people without reloading with one. And in the other case, it took you a minute to reload your musket before you could take a second shot. I mean, why is that, why is that a philosophical difference? Because the way they wrote the law was based on you being able to shoot somebody once a minute. Yeah. And then they never went back and revisited it and, and said, let's throw it out. Because they died. Cause they...
1: Actually, I'd say that they continuously have gone back and revisited it. And nonetheless, it stayed the same. I'm not saying that that's a good thing. but This is a very common argument uh, about revising gun laws. And I think there's a little bit of merit because there's some very obvious like mechanical differences. But also, the playing field is, is still level, in a sense. It's not like one... Some people have muskets, and some people have AR-15s. Everybody's got the AR-15 now, or what? You know what I mean—the the the, the high tech, advanced, new guns. Okay. So, in the interest of self-defense, which is what essentially the law was, the original amendment was written for—whether from a personal invasion or from like a tyrannical government or something like that—I think the level playing field of those invaders is what's really relevant. So, if somebody's breaking into my house, they've got you know maybe 12 plus 1 handguns or AR15s or who knows what but they've got the same kind of thing that I probably would have if I were a gun owner okay and so that's why I just don't think that that argument is super strong
0: but i mean you don't you don't have access i don't
1: i, I can't dismiss it either i can't dismiss it either cuz there's definitely like I mean, these guns can kill hundreds of people in the blink of an eye and that is uh, something that has to be reckoned with
0: I mean, is there, is there any thought out there as to how we address mass shootings? Is there, like, is there any thought? Because this is a problem. It's not a level playing field when you're listening to a music concert and there's a guy 20 stories up shooting down at you. You're not shooting with a musket. I understand.
2: Well, that's, that's illegal. That is outside the scope of the law. You're not allowed to do that. You you're don't not have allowed a, to murder. You don't people. have a
1: right to a
0: mass shooting.
1: It already is illegal to murder Excellent. people.
0: So, what is the purpose of that gun? What is the what? What is the purpose of designing that gun that way? Because I would argue that is exactly what it's intended well, to do: is to rapidly fire at human beings. Not quite.
1: It's not. It's not a. An, it's not a gun intended for is. hunting. An AR-15 is actually a a hunting gun. It, it is not even that. It, it it's not that extravagant of a hunting gun. Now, it's called an assault rifle. N- not. It, well, colloquially it's it is. The, what col- do you think AR col- stands for? AR does not stand for assault rifle. It stands for Armalite rifle, which is, I believe, the name of the company that produces it, Armalite. Well, that is interesting. That That is me proven wrong on that. But, so I am, that's the thing. I'm perfectly with you with like assault rifles and military style rifles. Those are made for, those are made for killing people. And those really need to stay in the military as far as I'm concerned. I'm on board with that. The AR-15 is actually not one of those. Contrary to popular belief. Interesting.
0: Now, I will say, I did I did throw out AR-15 because it's like the only gun that I can remember
1: off the top of my head. Yeah, but AK-47s are not legal. Now, what? But, like, uh, Pat, what do you think
2: about that? You actually can buy... Oh, no kidding? 47. You can't buy a full... You can't buy a fully auto... Oh. AK-47, because you can't buy a fully auto right. anything. You can still um, buy a... Can
0: you still buy yes. a semi-auto? Like a three-shot? The Nearly, burst fire?
2: Uh, you're talking about a burst fire. I don't think so. Um, okay. So, semi-auto, semi-auto just refers to... You um, don't have to... Sorry. When you pull... Yeah, when you pull the trigger, um, the... the Either a gas mechanism or a recoil mechanism will uh, re-cock the gun for you. So all it all that semi-auto means is that every trigger pull that you make is shooting a bullet. Nearly all modern guns are. Yeah, if you
1: think like a revolver, okay. like a Colt forty-five, where you have to pull that that cocking mechanism back with your thumb every shot, that's not right. th- that. I don't actually know what that's called. <laughs> What's the term for that? That's, but that's, that's not, not, not a how that semi-automatic. Either. That that's a but then say take like a.
2: That's called a double that's a double called action. a double action. Trigger. But then
1: take a Glock and a Glock moves the next bullet right in there and you just keep pulling the trigger. You don't have to do anything in between trigger pulls. Boom boom boom.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. what a semi-auto is. So a burst fire um as far as I know, I don't think that you can have a burst fire either. I think burst fire and uh full auto I mean, are military so use only.
0: Just to be dead honest, like all of my gun knowledge is from like the rare occasions where I play like Call of Duty <laughs> games or something. Like I don't. Oh no, we got, we got you. We know. Else. But, but the point is Andy just said that he's fine with banning weapons or like limiting weapons that are intended to kill people. And I assume that you're not in that same
2: boat. Uh, I, I'm not there. I'm not there at all. Um, so I think. That for the purposes of a well-regulated militia, even if I'm not in a militia, I think if I needed to be in a militia, you know, today, like right now, because the country's being invaded, I would want the latest technology, the most advanced that is possible. I would want the state-of-the-art And it would be nice if that was sitting in my closet and I was ready to go. When the revolution comes, they're not necessarily going to give you a couple of weeks or a month notice.
0: (laughs) So, I would ask, how do we protect your right to have those weapons and protect my right not to be shot with them? Because I think the first militia that comes out and starts mass shooting whatever starts shooting against the government because they think they've like they shouldn't be on lockdown because of COVID nineteen or whatever. Well, they're not going to th- be sane people. They're going to be people who think they're justified and are completely insane.
2: I think that that is a really tough question. It it if you want my honest opinion, I think to protect you from the possibility of a mass shooting incident and to also protect my rights to own the latest technology of the most advanced firearms that have ever been produced, I think that is problematic. I don't think that there is a simple solution for that.
1: So, if I can be a technical fuddy-duddy for just a minute. Technically, your right to not be shot is already being protected... You're not allowed, no one's No one's allowed to murder you. It is already illegal to murder people. Whether with a gun, or a knife, or anything. And so... We have
2: a police force that is protecting yeah. you from that. We also have a military that is protecting so, you from that. From, like, roads. If things. you
0: want so, but to... But 114 mass shootings say that's not if, working.
1: If, though, here's the problem. <laughs> There's so many problems. <laughs> here's a problem. The only way to use gun regulation to Eliminate that chance of you being shot is to actually get rid of literally all guns, military and otherwise. The only way to bring that to zero,
2: right? And then criminals would still be able to get them on the black market. Like you would never, you would never yeah. get rid of that problem. Yeah,
1: they would have to not be existent. Guns would need to just be thanos to away. Y-
2: you might majorly reduce it, but no, you, then won't, that's fine. you won't eliminate them entirely. Like cartels yeah, will t- still have them.
0: And my goal is not a hundred percent. My goal is we're here and we're not talking about it. We're not doing anything about it. We haven't done a single thing to stop these things from happening. I guess we did uh, eliminate bump stocks. So yay us, I guess. But my, my thing is it is unacceptable for us to have this problem and be like, well, shit, I have the right to, to own these guns and that Like trumps your right to be alive. So too bad. So sad. I don't want to be a part of this conversation.
1: I I'm I'm with you. That's actually that's kind of why I I brought the thing up that up is because we can't eliminate that possibility. So if we are coming to the table with that already taken off, right? We cannot. We know we can't eliminate it. Then I think that's how you breach. An honest conversation about what what actions can we take that would help reduce this problem and that's where you can you know you can really start to brainstorm i mean as far as i'm concerned on one hand saying arming teachers is a good way to prevent school shootings is stupid and when it comes to I mean, brainstorming, like, fine, give me any idea. Let's explore every option and figure out what the best ones are, and let's move forward with those. Thank you. Yes. And my thing is, like, I don't want to
0: take away your rights, so maybe your best position to not have your rights taken away isn't to stick your goddamn head in the sand and pretend like nothing's happening. Well, Maybe your best option is to be a part of the conversation.
2: So I think more and more they are um, hosting uh, police officers to be present at schools. Some places they're doing metal detectors. I think nationally they're doing drills, and this is kind of horrifying too. But you know, as kids necessary as get, it is.
0: There's there's some studies out there that are showing that kids yeah. are starting to get some PTSD. From the shooting drills.
1: Not to mention how much it disrupts their education.
2: Well, that's not great either. I mean, I remember we did tornado drills. (laughs) You
1: can't regulate a tornado. In the hallway. There's literally nothing you can do about that. There's some we could do something better about guns.
0: <laughs> I do ima- imagine some bureaucrat like holding up a piece of paper like <laughs> cease and desist as he gets picked up by a you twister. clearly do not have
1: a warrant can, or a warrant. A permit. Can
2: you imagine being a kid nowadays and and at school they have school shooter drills? Yeah, like that's that's got to be that's wild. what I'm
0: saying. Those are the things that are causing kids to have this like this PTSD yeah. now. It's crazy. Well, I mean
2: that's that's as much of an a solution that we're offering as anything else.
0: I think that's a better solution than saying we're going to arm all teachers. I can go ahead and like, look like, no, what, what I'm saying is I think responsible gun owners need to get into the game. They need to like, they need to come up with responsible solutions and like, and it's fine for them to be part of the conversation. And at the same time, feel like this is not my fault. But I still want to be part of the solution
2: so can we can we move this forward to the point of like what would you suggest like what what do you think is a good solution because we've been talking about bringing gun owners gun owners to the table to talk about it um I feel like we've been kind of stuck on that point for some time now
0: yeah so but that's I mean that's the thing that's, that's your the first solution thing. that's okay. that's my first solution I think w- When we come back to this, the the problem is it is incredibly complicated, especially for our country, because we already have these hundreds of millions of guns and we're still selling millions of guns a year and we're still pushing this as a good thing for people for us to have as many guns as possible in the country. I think that's bad, but that's it's not like me thinking it's bad isn't a reason to enact legislation.
1: I am. Um, can you say that one more time for the people in the back?
0: <laughs> so, like I said, I think that's a bad idea. I think thinking that we should have as many guns as possible in the country is a bad idea, but it doesn't matter if I think it's a bad idea unless there's data to back it up. It's not a reason to
1: push legislation yeah, on people. I don't like something is not a reason to legislate against it. Right. Um so I wanna I know we don't have a lot of time left for right now, but I wanna take a slight turn. I think left we'll turn.
0: clearly revisit this in the I future think so. though.
1: Um, yeah I wanna I wanna take a left turn because uh gun control and and restrictive gun laws actually have a very racist history. And I'm not talking about like 200 years ago history. I mean, like, in the last 50 years, (laughs) racist history. Like last week. So, yeah. Um, Because uh, a lot of times the minority communities are, and and listen, I'm not an expert on this, so I'm going to just kind of paint with a broad brush here a little bit. But one of the big things is that those gun reform laws often... Make it much harder for minorities to to get firearms and and protection, and simultaneously, those are people who are in areas where there's a lot of regular um, violence and and criminal activity, and so it not only hinders their ability to protect themselves, but you know, added to all of the other racist laws that have been put in place, um, it it really makes minorities just. Living a life as a minority in America, a very dangerous thing.
2: Right, and and none of those laws are going to disarm the criminals. That's a point we've
1: made like three or four times today. But it does make it, yeah, harder for honest people to...
0: Well, and it is something that we're not going to be able to like flick a switch or snap our fingers and have this go away. But it is something we can start working on. It is something we can move in the right direction on. We're, we're not going to be, I don't know, Sweden or Australia anytime soon where we take everybody's guns away. That's not, that's not going to be an option for us. But we can start moving in the right direction. And for me, especially in our country with hundreds of millions of guns, it makes sense. If you want to own one of those guns, you need to be educated. You need to know how to use that gun in the situations you want to use it in.
1: Whether that's going to the gun range or shooting a concert in Las Vegas. Probably not that second one. No, wait, no, not that, not that.
2: Right, I mean, I want to make clear that, you know, gun owners, (laughs) if I may speak for all gun owners, which I obviously don't, but I, I think they condemn in the strongest terms any kind of these incidences. I think that there's not really much difference in the condemnation for these acts, I don't think anybody is a big fan of these things
0: happening. Um, you know, right. their terrible they're terrible tragedies. and They have thoughts and prayers. I don't need thoughts and well, prayers. I need them to come up with some solutions. Because again, 72% are done with their guns. With legally purchased guns. It's not each individual's responsibility but it is their responsibility as a group, because it's coming from their guns. So right. That's
2: that's the exact point that I take. I take difference with is that there is a collective responsibility at all, as if we all even knew each other. Especially the idea it that doesn't,
0: it doesn't matter if you get if you get the rights, you get the responsibilities too. That is part of it. And I'm not saying literally all I'm asking for is for them to come to the table. That's that's what I want. So, I, I think... Instead, we get Wayne LaPierre and his bullshit and the NRA like acting like nothing can be done, nothing can be discussed. It's terrible. And they're being represented in terrible ways.
1: Or they deflect it to make, you know, uh, they'll say, well, it's not... Uh, these are people with mental disorders. But then they also... Do absolutely nothing to improve the mental health care in the country. So, you know, it's it's all right. about what can we do to get away with doing nothing as far as the NRA and the Congress people that the NRA owns are concerned, which right. are most and of them.
0: It'd be nice to start working on some best practices. Because I think a lot of this stuff is gonna have very little effect.
2: Like it's it sounds like you're assigning but, collective responsibility. By generality, like just as as if they're all associated with each other and collectively responsible because of a demographic.
0: I I don't think they're responsible for the shootings. They're definitely responsible for their lack of input. There's two things to this. You yeah. I'm not saying you're responsible for people being shot unless they they got your gun from your gun safe that was had a one 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 password or whatever. Or under your bed. But I am saying this shit has existed for decades now. you got 114 since 1982. And I haven't heard a peep from the people who are in charge of these things. And keep on making the opposite argument. So they are not responsible for the shootings. They are responsible for getting involved. Or not getting involved, as the case may be.
1: It's not, yeah, they're not responsible for the shootings. But they are responsible for... Uh, leaving alone a system that allows those shootings to continue to take place. I think that sums up my thoughts
0: pretty well. Do you guys want to, like, do you guys want to sum up your thoughts, too?
2: Sure. So, I mean, I, I think in general, when you are blaming a sweeping demographic of people for the actions of individuals... If we changed what again, demographic we're we were talking to, I think you would take great offense to the same argument being made.
0: So, well, if they're all, like, had a similar skin color, probably. So, I mean, I just, I don't, but I don't. That's not true of gun owners. And again, we specifically said they're not to blame.
1: Actually, actually, it is kind of true. More than half of those mass su- mass shootings have been white people. Right. But. So,
0: so why don't we ask white people to come to the table? Um, Why aren't white people doing more about this? Well, because 72% of them were committed with guns that were purchased legally that are being grabbed from apparently legal gun owners' homes. So, in general, the, the gun owners are not doing enough to keep their guns secure.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe we should make sure that everybody is being more responsible with them. I think asking people to be more responsible with them would be great i just don't see that being particularly
1: effective so i guess my position is kind of what i was saying before i think a data driven approach let's let's really look at things let's let's put all possible ideas of what might help reduce unnecessary gun violence in america on the table let's look at each one and make some decisions and there's going to have to be a little bit of a compromise where not all guns are coming are are coming off the streets and we're not gonna we can't keep doing nothing so we there's got to be a middle ground and i think if if the for me, it's all about the mindset of the conversation around it. Right now, the conversation around gun violence is, gun's bad. No, gun's good. No, gun's bad. And, like, it's really right. – it goes nowhere. And that's my biggest problem. If we actually – if people – if if Congress and, and just whoever, anybody who can – was really just having an a, a, an intellectual intellectually honest conversation about this we could find some things that would help improve things there's no magic bullet but we could make progress if
0: there was a magic bullet then gun owners would want it though <laughs>
1: ah. <laughs> um i have one other thing to say really quickly which is uh i have some issues with we started this right out with the with the bill of rights you know the the amendment second amendment and the constitution itself and i have a couple issues with that anyway which is that the the constitution first of all is not infallible it was written Specifically, to allow slavery to continue right. like there was there were a lot of pro- like so so saying that there's a problem with the way that the Constitution was uh, is should not be blasphemous, yeah, um, these people who deify secondly, the founding fathers are ridiculous to me, like they're just
0: people and they were very smart, and the best thing that they did with the Constitution was allow it to
1: be changed. that was my second point, that was going to be my second point. I just slapped into the microphone, sorry. <laughs> No, I I But that was going to be my second but, point because the whole that not only were they fallible, but they knew they were fallible and they specifically set up ways to improve on what they did. Right. So we are being irresponsible if we aren't always evaluating the constitution and finding ways to improve it. Right. Well, like,
2: I w- I would say that I, I would say that as long as people are exercising their rights to come out and vote, and we find out what the people think about it, that is the best solution. I think that if enough people are still voting on a single issue to protect their gun rights, that's something that needs to be respected. If we're going to operate uh, in ways that are preventing and stopping these mass shootings... That we should be doing it in a way that's mindful of those constitutional
1: rights. So this gets into something that we can't talk about now. But I, 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 my the bone I have to pick with that is, we don't vote on the issues for the most part. We vote on representatives who then vote on the issues, and those representatives are awfully susceptible to getting bought out by the by special interest groups. In this case, specifically the NRA. So people's Vote. I don't think actually matters very much in all of this.
0: Yeah, and if I can just say, I think those representatives are not always good at getting to the precious moments of what we're dealing with.
1: Ah, I see what you did there. I see it. Nice. Mm -hmm.
2: A-plus transition. Precious
1: moments.
0: So, anyway, guys... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I had my anniversary yesterday. It was a very weird anniversary. I love my wife so much. In fact, while recording this episode, she, uh, she stopped and got, uh, dinner for us and she brought up on a tray some dinner for me to eat here, uh, cause I'm sitting on our bed in our bedroom. So she's fantastic. Aww. But we had our, uh, 13th wedding anniversary, which is uh, how, how has it been 13 years? I don't hey, understand. Congratulations. So. Thank you. But we uh ordered pizza from Dewey's, which is our favorite pizza joint in town. I made brownies with uh, my stepson, Charlie. Uh, I made a big old salad to go along with it. And we watched uh 1984's Robert Zemeckis film, Romancing the Stone, with Kathleen Turner, Michael Douglas, and the ineffable Danny DeVito.
1: <laughs> I love Danny DeVito.
0: And... It was Is that the one with the I'll have what no, she's having? The, you <laughs> you were uh thinking of when Harry met Sally? Oh, that's when Harry met Sally. Uh, Romancing the that's Stone, right. it's it's a really weird movie. It was super fun. It 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 was just a fun sort of like old 80s movie, action movie, and like Robert Zemeckis is phenomenal. He's so good. So, that's I guess Romancing the Stone is my precious moment and my wife is my precious moment of the week.
2: Aww. That's really sweet. Um, so my, my mom is an artist. Uh, she does oh, like paintings one. all the time and she, she did this really cute painting. It's of my, uh, grandmother who has since passed away putting laundry up on a laundry line and my little sister, um, who must have been really, really young in this picture. Um, she made a painting of the photograph. And uh it's really cute and adorable and my mom's really talented. So you think that I'll would be really something that her. she'd be
0: willing uh for us to uh take a shot of and put in the doobly doom? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I'll ask her, but I'm I'm I'd sure love, that she would I'd love would to love see to that painting.
0: Yeah,
1: it's pretty awesome. Cool. I have two but they're kind of minor precious moments, but so at my new job there's like a big text chain which is how they put the schedule out apparently. Unfortunately, it doesn't really generally get abused, but on Monday afternoon, someone, and I don't actually know who because I don't have everyone's name in my phone, so it's just a number, just some coworker, texts the whole group, the whole office, Uh all employees and customers must wear masks at all times, dot, 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 great SMDH, which... So like I I get this text and I'm I start you know, I'm like oh okay cool all right go good good we're gonna wear masks shake my damn head great shake my head da- what the are you kidding me this dinkle wad is complaining so it, it just really irritated me and even though I'm the new guy I kind of lit into him slightly all right I said I didn't I didn't lay into him. This is going to, I tried to make it sound way cooler than it's going to now that I'm going to read it. What'd you say? Um, but I, no, read it.
0: Absolutely. Read I just it.
1: said, I said, a minor inconvenience <laughs> in exchange for keeping ourselves and our customers a little bit safer. Someone else in the office liked that. And then I said, if nothing else, <laughs> it makes sure customers feel comfortable coming to see us. So it's simply the cost of doing business. Yeah. Good. And I think that's, no, that's excellent. The way, the
0: way you did that is excellent. It, Got across your point and was still diplomatic at the same time. A r-
1: related, we had to yell at Caitlin's dad for going out grocery shopping. He's had a, a bypass in like the last two years and knee surgery in the last year. And he's in his 60s, I think. And he's going out shopping at Aldi to get alcohol. <laughs> and meanwhile, we are going shopping for him. We have been going to the store and getting shopping for him and his wife. You know, for Caitlin's mom. Uh they're they're married. We go they send us a list and we go buy their groceries for them so that they don't have to go out into public. But he did just so that he could get more alcohol because he was embarrassed at how much alcohol he wanted to buy. I'm like, God damn dude, and, we drink more than you. It's okay. Right. Like just don't go outside. <laughs> Right, and it's the quarantine like, you know, like many uh, cricket, so you know it's just sort of it's uh, um i I get a little bit irritated with all i I know this came up earlier, but just uh all of the gross misuse and whining and complaining about literally like the 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 least you could possibly do to help keep the world safe right. anyway, that's my negative, precious moment semi negative well, you know I have a positive y- one,
2: you know what'll clear that right up. Just a little, just a little bit of
0: bleach. Mm. Just,
1: just a little bit. Do I need bit. to tie off? Yeah. <laughs> Are Do you guys feel any... <laughs> I I have a positive one, by okay. the way. Okay, if you, if you, if you want to do that, go ahead. Well, okay, but it. it's on a different topic. Let me go ahead and say real quick, do you
0: guys have any sort of solidarity? Do you feel any solidarity with the people going out and protesting... <laughs> about the stay-at-home orders like i hate these people uh i I mean
2: in the sense that the government is telling people what to do and that is i guess like not really being all right that's not really being given due process in the sense that they are like depriving people of freedom but um no i mean that's stupid and if there's a quarantine you should Probably, Like,
1: I understand governments and politics, so I definitely understand the implications of draconian measures, no matter how temporary, governments don't like to give up power once they have it, so on and so forth, right, this is, I understand all the problems, but I also have a basic understanding of science and, I guess, medicine, and (laughs) so... No, uh, they're idiots, and they need to shut up and go home. I hate these people so much. Yeah, I mean,
2: nobody's nobody's going to shoot you for being outside past past curfew or right. something. Right, right. All
0: right, Andy, what was your last Honestly, thing? Because we got to go. I we got to go. F- I, I, it, I think I
1: forgot it. it in the meantime. Um, <laughs> damn it! It was a good one too. Um, oh, I oh, have this. I have no. this really quick one. Uh, wait. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
0: <laughs> oh, no, my really quick one is uh, I was thinking about it, and I really think that I need to come up with a catchphrase.
1: Ooh. Well, I, you know what? I hope that we gave you guys something to mull over this week.
2: Okay, I love you, bye.
0: We'll release a quick 20-second episode when Andy remembers what he wanted to say. That will never happen.
2: Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll tweet it out.
0: Bye. Right.
1: Bye. Bye.
2: Well, that's why the blood sucking Democrats get a bad rap because they're coming for your guns because they will make the decisions about your guns without your input.